أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وضرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد Allah Ta'ala, uh, in a number of places in the Qur'an, He mentions an emphatic commandment not to reckon those people who are killed in the path of Allah Ta'ala as being dead. Rather, in one place He says, indeed, rather they are alive and they are, uh, uh, they are uh, with their Lord receiving provision. And in another place Allah Ta'ala says, they are alive but you don't, you're not aware of it. You're not able to sense how, how that's true. And the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ extols the virtues of the shuhada so much that the Rasul ﷺ in a hadith says that if it wasn't if it wasn't for me being held back in Medina for other affairs, I myself would have gone out in the path of Allah and sought the shahada in, in Allah Taala's path. And the uh, the dars obviously it's not a fiqh dars, but uh, somebody asked me. Uh, that uh, is it permissible in the Maliki school to pray the janazatul ghaib, uh, the janazah for, for the the person who's absent, uh, um, meaning pray pray the janazas of those who are, gave their life in the path of Allah subhanahu wa taala uh, from far away. And uh, uh, I said, no, in the Hanafi in the Maliki school, the janazatul ghaib is not valid, but more more pertinent than that that in the Maliki school and in, um, in the Jamhur the Shaheed doesn't receive a Janazah there's two things that are different about the, 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 the burial of a Shaheed is that the Shaheed doesn't receive a Janazah and the Shaheed doesn't receive Ghusl I think in the Hanafi Madhab the Shaheed doesn't receive Ghusl either because of the Hadith of the Prophet wasallam, that on the Day of Judgment their wounds will be fresh and they will pour out blood crimson red like they poured out blood in this world and the fragrance will be more fragrant than misk and it will be like a badge of honor for them on the day of judgment that they'll be resurrected with their wounds intact and it will be something that people will 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 uh, envy them because of on the day of judgment so we received the the news uh, not too long ago i myself was traveling like i received the news thursday night and i left uh, to teach the tahawiyah in dallas uh, a Friday like at Fajr time and uh, um, you know uh, I've just been traveling since then I've been very like disturbed by this thing that happened in New Zealand the complete level of like just like full ignorance not just in the not just in the shooter but it brought out ignorance or highlighted the ignorance of a number of people and it itself was a, a, a cumulative uh, 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 summation of the ignorance of so many people in our society the media repeating again and again always whenever some nut-headed person will go and kill you know school children or something like that they'll say oh this is jihad jihadist jihadi this and that uh, you know it's a cumulative ignorance of our politicians speaking with forked tongues that they speak about other people uh, in one way and they're sensitive to them in one way but when it comes to the Muslims treating them with a different standard and uh, uh, giving kind of like a pass to those people who, who are open with their ignorance with regards to the speech of the Muslims. And this is something that we should all understand. It's not new. It's not something to be scared about today. Rather, Allah Ta'ala, He 
himself in his book, he's, he asked a question that the, you know, the people, do they think that they're going to be left to say La ilaha illallah and they won't be tested? Uh, and uh, Allah Ta'ala says, because we tested everybody who came before you. And we know, uh, we, 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 we want to know who are the people who are going to be grateful and who are the people who are going to be patient and who are, who are the people who are going to be ungrateful. Uh, so the, uh, you know, this is, this is a very, this is a very old silsila. And in many ways, uh, this uh, 50 people, the reason we hear about them is because it happened in a, it happened in a, a, a country that is like kind of in the sphere of like Western European culture. Otherwise, um, the same numbers of people are getting killed in China, Muslims, the same numbers of people of Muslims are getting killed in Palestine, the same numbers of Muslims are getting killed in Iraq, Syria, and all of these places on a daily basis, some of them sometimes on an hourly basis, and nobody ever knows and nobody hears and nobody gives, gives a care about that. Um, but that doesn't minimize, you know, a, a, a person is a person, a Muslim is a Muslim, and this is a heinous act in the sense that the way it was documented and whatnot, uh, it kind of was jarring uh, for the people. One of the things that I think that we should also remember is this, is that fine, I mean, it happens, we don't sh shrink back from it, but we're also not lambs. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, a person doesn't know, like we've, we had the, 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 the tafsir of Surah Yasin uh, session, that that person, he warned his people, they killed him for it. He says, I wish, perchance my people would have known how much my Lord has uh, forgiven me and how much my Lord has honored me. And so those people, they, they, they gave their life for the sake of Allah ta'ala, nobody's going to regret you know, having khatima inside the masjid and in the state of wudu, each one of those bullets, you know, like, what does it mean? The qadr of Allah Ta'ala, there's khair in it, there's good in it for every 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 believer. There's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that's narrated in the context of another incident. And the incident is that one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum is narrating that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said, whoever dies of plague, that person will be written as if they are shaheed in the akhirah. As if they're a martyr in the akhirah. And so one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they said that that because the, the plague that, that affected Sham in the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, it would start like a lesion. There would be like white lesions in the skin. And they know that this person has plague in a couple of days. It's just going gonna, gonna to take them. And so one of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, he said that I woke up this morning and I was very distraught that I saw this lesion in my hand. Uh, and then I heard this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, now that this... Now this white lesion inside of my hand, he says, it's the most beloved thing to me in the world. And so everyone has to die one day, so we're not, you know, we're not tripping up about about, about that in the sense that they met a, a good end and a good death, uh, mashallah. But who knows that the, 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 what's written, you know, Allah Ta'ala, the qadr of Allah Ta'ala written inside the bullet that killed the person. It's an appointment to drink from the hawd of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and it's an appointment for eternal life. And it's an appointment in it for the mercy of Allah Ta'ala and it's in it a ticket to bypass judgment and in it so many, so much khair is wrapped up in it. Those people are not going to regret it. Um, and that doesn't mean that people can't be sad about the loss or mourn the loss of those people. That's a very human thing to be separated from someone you love. But you know somewhere in your head that that's a, that's a good thing. But that doesn't mean that we have the right to be lazy and complacent as well. This is also a shameful matter that somebody, a shooter, can walk into the masjid and just kill so many people one after the other and then go from the men's section to the women's section, then go from one masjid to the second masjid. And one of the reasons they were saying that the death, the death toll was so low in the second masjid 
was one of the brothers like he basically turned around and chased the guy down and Allah Ta'ala put like the you know fear in that that man's heart and he turned around and ran and he ran so fast that he actually dropped one of his guns and so this uh, brother in the masjid and if you look at the picture of the guy he doesn't look like you know Sheikh al-Islam like yeah. you know he doesn't look like he's gonna win like the Imam Ghazali award for like excellence and like knowledge or whatever you know what I mean he just looks like a really really regular guy and so, but he just, he just, he just, he just, something happened. He turned, turned, went after that guy. The guy's a coward. You have like automatic weapons and you're killing women in the women's section. It tells you something about what kind of person is like shooting little girls and things like that, you know? Uh, so now like someone turned around and like put his eye in his eye and chased him and he completely lost it. You know, he completely like uh, freaked out and ran and he dropped one of his guns and the gun was out of ammo. And the guy literally smashed it through his car window and uh, uh, as he was speeding off from the masjid parking lot. Uh, and so uh, this tells us a little bit of something that that what that your khatima okay just just because your uh, you know shahada has so many virtues it doesn't mean that people line up to get killed like animals. Rather that struggle even if it's for a moment you know there's so much khair in it there's so much reward in it from Allah Allah Taala is so pleased with a person for that and uh, 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 that the first moment of that struggle Allah forgives a, a person's all of their sins. And then every moment thereafter, they increase in rank in a way that their prayers and their fasting are not going to let them increase. And Allah Ta'ala commands the Ummah in His book, He says that your enemies prepare, prepare for them uh, what you're able to prepare in terms of, in terms of force, uh, thereby deterring, uh, uh, deterring the enemies of Allah and your enemies, who are the same people. It's a deterrent because if that coward knows that someone's going to turn around and you know look him in the eye and chase him down, uh, uh, he's and he's going to lose it so bad when the guy's unarmed. Then imagine if he he knows that the Muslims are not going to take this uh, uh, laying down. You know what I mean? This is the shan of the ummah of the Prophet People people think somehow that like you know like we're the ummah of Gandhi. We're not. With all due respect to Gandhi and like whatever great work he did in his life and amazing person he was, but we're not the ummah of Gandhi. We're not the Ummah of Gandhi. We're nonviolent people when people are nonviolent with us, when they come after us, when they come after our children, etc., etc. It's a sacred duty to protect yourself. Not for your sake, but for the sake of Allah, because He commanded us to do that, to protect your women, to protect your children. I remember this. There's a very famous scholar. I won't take his name. You all know who he is. Once he went on a tirade in front of a large group of people, saying that, oh, you know, we Muslims, we shouldn't fight back. We should just, you know, and, you know, it's not you know, honorable to fight back and we should just, you know, whatever, uh, uh, if someone wants to kill us, we should be like, you know, we should just whatever. And I remember this, I remember this, uh, must have been like a teenage girl, 18, 19 years old, 17 year old girl. She's like, but Sheikh, what if they come after your wife and your children? And he felt in that moment like a complete, like, like no honor whatsoever. And he's like, ah, uh, well, yeah, then I would defend them. Because I'm thinking in my mind, like, what is this guy talking about? This is, like, really horrible. What is he saying? This is not the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. This is not the sunnah of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. What is the Prophet ﷺ in the, in the, in the, in the Hajjatul Wada'a? What did he say? That the person who is killed defending his, 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 uh, 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 his property, uh, uh, that person dies a shaheed. The person who kills def defending his honor, that person dies a shaheed. Person who's killed defending his uh, uh, family, that person dies a shaheed. This is this is this is you know I'm not telling you to like go join some nutheaded group in like the backwoods of like 
Iraq or Syria or whatever. I'm just saying that the law of the land affords affords people to, who don't have criminal records and like don't have like histories of mental illness or whatever to uh, 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 to you know protect themselves. That fine, someone comes in and does this. Who's prepared for that? Nobody would ever be prepared for that. They kill one person, two people, three people. That's fine. By that time, there should be something that happens in the masjid. And this whole thing about we have to hire security in the masjid, this is not the sunnah. You understand what I'm saying? There are hadith of the Prophet extolling the virtues of the person who stands watch and stands guard over the uh, over the encampment. That the eye, because what happens when you stand guard, everyone else is sleeping. That's when you need the 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 person to stand guard the most. At that time, the eye is deprived of its sleep. The eye that's deprived of sleep, standing guard, Allah Taala will make jahannam haram for make it haram for jahannam. This is, a te- this is a teaching of our Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You don't need to hire security. You guys need to be, you guys need to yourself be secure and you need to be securing others. Non-Muslims should see you. If someone's getting mugged or someone's getting like harassed, they should see that the, 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 you know, the beard and the, the turban is walking down the street. Run to this person because you'll find protection with them. This is what this is what the this is what the uh, uh, what the highest ideal of Islam was. And centuries Islam, that's what it meant to people. Muslim and non-Muslim. And so, fine, if you're a hot-headed person, if you have trouble controlling your anger, if you're like, you know, you know you're probably just going to end up shooting like more musallis than you are perpetrators, then don't, then know that about yourself and don't do it. Allah will forgive you for that, inshallah. But for those people who are able to, there is, there is, there is, there is reward, there is reward in uh, lawfully obtaining uh, uh, weapons for your own defense, learning how to operate them safely, practicing the money you spend, you know, for, for your ammunition and the money you spend on those weapons, this is nafaqah fi sabilillah. This is not counted as your dunya. This is not a waste of money. This is money you receive the reward of, uh, of, of spending in the path of Allah Ta'ala for these things. And uh, uh, you'll see people actually value your da'wah as well. The masjid I went to and taught the tahawiyah in, um, I don't even know if you remember, like uh, a couple of years ago, there was like this, like, like whatever, like right wing, uh, white supremacist group that said, oh, we're going to protest the masjid. We're going to do a masjid protest. And they all showed up because uh, Texas is an open carry state, I think. So they all showed up with their AR-15s and with their rifles, assault rifles, shotguns, things like that. And they literally, while armed brandishing weapons, they made a circle around the masjid to scare people from going to Jum'ah. And our, uh, our, you know, the, you know, our masjid people, were they're like, you know, they're like handing them water bottles and stuff, right? Which is like, okay, you know, that's their jihad. They thought this is what good akhlaq is and this is what's warranted in that. I respectfully disagree with this tack. What happened? That same movement, the next masjid that they did uh, uh, their protest against, they did it in the hood uh, with African-American masjid. And so a lot of these brothers are converts. They themselves were in the military, so they brought their own AR-15s to the masjid. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, and, and when they saw a mass of, 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 of Muslims armed, what happened? The, the, the ru'b entered into their hearts. وَقَذَفَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمُ الرُّعْبِ The jalal of, 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 of saying la ilaha illallah and that hal, it entered into their hearts. That movement scattered. The leader of that movement went into hiding. They became so scared. They all cussed each other out. What have you done? This is, gonna, this is like the dumbest idea. We don't ever want to do this again. Why? Because they know if they, because they do those things. They do those protests hoping someone's going to provoke them so they can have a legal reason to start firing at the masjid and firing at the Muslims. Once they know that someone is there to fire back, those people fear death. Why? Because they don't believe in the akhirah. 
They don't believe it. Even the ones that 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 cry that that, that you know uh, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior the most, they don't believe in the Akhirah. They don't believe in Jannah. This is the Shi'ar of this Ummah that our people always loved loved death more than other people loved life. Not because of any sadism. In fact, our lives are very nice. Our food is nice. Our clothing is nice. Our culture is nice. Everything's nice. But when we think about what Allah has prepared for us on the other side, they wouldn't they wouldn't back down. And this is one of the reasons the entire world is scared of us. So uh, even though we don't, they don't need to be. The only one who needs to be scared of this ummah is the person who loves zulm, and the person who loves who loves to harm innocent people, and the love person who loves to cheat and steal. That person should be scared of this ummah. I hope that they they never have a, a night worth of rest in this world and the hereafter until they repent. But the idea is what is that that Jalal enters because what that it's because they're following they're practicing the deen. That's the deen of Allah Taala. It's not the guns. The guns guns don't win battles. Weapons don't win battles. They're for God's sake the battle of Badr. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, almost none of them even had any armor, almost none of them were mounted, almost none of them, some of them like literally they pick like sticks and branches uh, and they, they fought they fought against like a, uh, an, uh, an army with swords with like, like you know imagine someone showed up to a, to a battle with like a baseball bat or something like that, that's basically how it was. So the idea is that those are not what the, those are not the thing that that, uh, that 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 gives you any benefit or any protection. Allah is the one who protects the person. The Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum they're two big trees, and so they all uh, they all uh, uh, rested in the shade of one of the trees while they're traveling, and Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam they left the other tree to him that he let rest in the shade undisturbed. And so he hung his sword from the uh, from the uh, from one of the branches of the trees. He went to sleep. When he woke up, he found uh, a Bedouin uh, had slipped unnoticed over him with his sword unsheathed. And he says, "Who's going to save you from me now?" And he said, "Allah." And he said that that the, the hadith that the man started shaking until he dropped the sword from his hand. And Rasulullah very casually picked it up and held it over him and said, "Who's going to save you from me now?" And so he pleaded with him that be, be a, a noble and a generous man with me. And the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't kill him. But the idea is what? What, what protected him is Allah Ta'ala. Literally, he said the name of Allah Ta'ala. He said the divine name and that's, that's Allah Ta'ala. Protected him through that, not through his sword. But this is the deen of Allah. It's a commandment of Allah. And it's the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Therefore, there's barakah in it. There's khair in it. There's khair in it. Don't brandish it like a bully. Don't be stupid and irresponsible. If you're going to be stupid and irresponsible, then this does not apply to you. Don't worry about these things. But for those people who are able to, to do it and to control themselves, this is also uh, something that needs to be done. It's something that needs to be done. And there's, there's khair in it. And you watch, people are like, oh, look, you know, everyone calls us a terrorist and uh, uh, we don't want to look violent or whatever. First of all, it's better to be look violent and like not be dead than to be taken advantage of and 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 cut to pieces and look violent. The second thing is people respect strength. As long as they think you're a punk, like a pushover, they will they will keep doing these things and they won't listen to what you have to say about Dean. The day they know that these Muslims are people that you have to respect them, you know, if you value your safety, you'll respect these people. Then they'll wonder what is it that they believe and they'll actually take that seriously as well. How many how many uh, people have gone Desert Storm 1, Desert Storm 2, the whatever, the second Iraq war? Not, uh, uh, how many people have gone Afghanistan? From the U.S. Army, they came back as Muslims. This was such a problem during the first Iraq war. Even though the, the Iraqi army 
and the Iraqi uh, government uh, under Saddam is like a, they're socialists. They're all it's like an atheist secularist government. They're not real. They're not very religious people. But just that tangential brush with the people of a Muslim culture, so many of those people became Muslims that it became a problem. The Pentagon developed an entire set of protocols and rules just to make sure that, that the soldiers the second Iraq war, that that many soldiers don't become Muslim. They would do weird things. Like, I'll tell you an example. I was at community college once, okay? There's a the, the mailman. His name was Woody. African-American gentleman. His name is Woody and he's the mailman. I see him in his postal uniform and I see him at community college every now and then. What would indicate to me that this man is a Muslim? Nothing. So one day he comes to me, Woody comes to me, he's like, hey, yo, you Muslim? I'm like, yeah, he was, yeah, I'm Muslim too. I'm like, that's interesting. I never see you at Jummah before, brother. Uh, uh, what's going on? He's like, yeah, no, I'm not really keeping up with it. I go, how did you become Muslim then? He said, I went to fight in the first Gulf War. Okay? And uh, uh, I... Uh, um, uh, you know, we, we we trained some of the, the Saudi soldiers. And so one weekend, I'm like, hey, what do you guys do for fun? And they're like, oh, we'll show you something real special. You have to stay quiet. You know, it's not allowed, but we'll show it to you. He's like, oh, okay. So he said that they they uh, uh, they, they, they uh, uh, um, drove him past the checkpoint. They dressed him up as an Arab because African-American. They probably think it's like Sudani or something, right? So they put him in the car and they drove... And he didn't know where they're, he's, he's, they didn't tell me where they're driving. They drove him to Makkah Mukarramah from like Dammam or something like that. Okay. And then in the middle of the night, before they let him out of the car, because he has nowhere, no idea where he's going, what's happening. They, he said they put a blindfold on him and they led him into the haram up to the roof where he can see a clear view of the Kaaba. And then they opened the blindfold. He, and the tajalli of like seeing the Kaaba like came over his heart. He said, I didn't even know what was happening. What I'm seeing, what's going on, I have no idea. I just knew in that moment like something is right. And so I said that, I said like, you know, I want to become a Muslim. And so he took the shahada there in the, in the haram, like, you know, looking at the... These types of things happen. The Pentagon's like, no, this cannot happen anymore. So they made all these rules, like, okay, if you're a Muslim, you can pray, but you have to pray on the base. You can't pray in the local masjid. You can't this, you can't that. Why? The thing is that, that you know, when they see you as... Uh, when, they, when they see you in, in some uh, context of, like, uh, being a human being rather than being, like, some spineless, like, gutless person that's not worthy of respect, then then these things, the, the heart will be open to some some sort of uh, uh, some sort of consideration to them. There are still people who are not going to accept it, but many people will. Uh, and, uh, you know, however, if you if you want to, like, you know, follow the Sunnah of Gandhi, then, you know, good luck with that. That's not in the whole reading the Hadith of the Prophet and Zikr and these things. They're not going to, you're on a different line at that point. Allahu Alam, what the result is going to be of it. It's not something that, that uh, you know, with all due respect to Gandhiji is not something that I, 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 I uh, uh, you know, that I recommend. Um, more than that, just know that this is going to be part of the package. No one's going to treat you fairly. Instead of whining about it, it was one thing. I, to be honest with you, I'm not very excited about this uh, expression, Islamophobia. It reminds me of homophobia. <laughs> it doesn't. It seems like so, like, just out of place. Uh, but now that it's become like common currency, what are you going to do about it? So don't whine about Islamophobia. You knew it's going to be like this from the day one. The la ilaha illallah is, the, 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 the la ilaha is what got Rasulullah kicked out of his, from his own people. The Muhajirin and the Ansar are buried in like the fields in Uhud and Badr and uh, you know, by the Khandaq and like, you know, by Khaybar and by all of these places, by Yamama, all of these places far flung in the east and the west. Why? Because people hate la ilaha illallah. There are a lot of people who do. And those people, their own progeny and their, uh, their offspring will benefit from it.
So if you want to carry it, just kind of get past that part, right? It's fine to call out someone for being unfair or being unreasonable or whatever. That's fine. But inside of your heart, don't be like, oh, it's not fair. Why is it like this? It's not fair. The trade-off is that the creation may give you some hard time, but the creator will love you. That's the, the trade-off. We all knew about that. So just accept that. And seek, seek what you seek through the creator. Don't seek it through the, through the creation. Otherwise, you'll always be unhappy as a Muslim. You'll always be unhappy as a Muslim. These types of things, they happen from time to time too, uh, to re remind us about it. It's not about photo ops. It's not about like whatever, like, oh, look, all the, now all the, all of the, like, you know, all the Kafirs like us now because they're like coming to the masjid and like giving condolences and things like that. Most of the, most of the politicians right now, they're reveling in the limelight. They're making this thing about them. It's not about them. You understand what I'm saying? It's not, in fact, many of them are the ones who enable, enable this type of stuff to happen in the first place. So it is what it is. I'm not saying to be like bitter about it, nor am I saying like, you know, you should get on the train with them. Just know this is a part of the thing, a part of the thing and, and, and move on, move on with your work. The work is not going to be in having like 40 candlelight vigils. It's going to be in what? That the teaching of the deen, the learning of the deen and the implementation of the deen, it should, it should continue uh, unimpeded. And if Allah Ta'ala, this is also part of, you know, this is also part of our deen. The, the desire for shahada, the wish for shahada that a person should wish, Ya Allah, I'm going to go anyway one day. Ya Allah, you should, that, that you ask Allah with sincerity that, that Allah Ta'ala take you as a shaheed in his path one day. And this is something that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, the Prophet sallallahu used to do. And this is something that Sayyidina Umar anhu used to ask for fervently. This is something that a person should wish that this is, and they should fear that my, my, my person, my nafs is not worthy of such a sacrifice. Ya Allah, if you honored me with this, what a favor it would be for me. That my entire life, people do so many stupid things in their life. They waste their time. They're late to things. They, you know, spend a whole day watching cat videos instead of working or doing things that they should have done. We all could have been great people by now, but we lived, wasted so much of our life in mediocrity. But if Allah Ta'ala gave us this shahada, imagine, mashallah, how... Uh, uh, how, how, how much nobility and worth and value you would have and how much honor you would have through it. A person should ask. The Rasulullah said that the person who asks Allah Ta'ala for shahada with sincerity, that person, that person Allah will write for them the rank of the shuhada even if they die of old age in their bed. And so this is, this is part of the deen as well that this is, should be a person should have desire for this. And the irony is what? The irony is what? Is everybody has this mindset when they go about their day. You're not going to be able to kill 40 people. <laughs> all of them are going to line up to like bust your head, right? It's going to stop much quicker. This is the irony of all of these things. Is that the raghba the, 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 the and the, the desire for struggling in the path of Allah Ta'ala, it's not violent. In fact, if more people did it, there would be no reason to go out in the path of Allah Ta'ala. Right? The Rasul Sallallahu gave the, the, the forecast that one day he's told the Sahaba, because they used to be afraid in Medina, they used to be afraid that army is going to come anytime now and they're going to attack Medina or their assassin will slip in and try to kill the Prophet ﷺ. They were afraid they're on guard constantly. Rasulullah ﷺ, he gave them the bishara, the glad tidings in their, in their, in their uh, the darkest hour, in their most fearful hour, that what? So you people are afraid right now? Watch, a time will come in your lives that a woman can go from like whatever Yemen to uh, uh, whatever other, other place on the other side of the Arabian Peninsula. And uh, uh, she'll fear nothing except for Allah Ta'ala and the wolves that, that may be in the path. There'll be nothing for her to fear. There's, all of it will end because of, because of your mujahadat and your sacrifices. 
Uh, and so, uh, it, that, and that's happened. That's happened. Forget I mean, don't forget about it, but, you know, put to, to the side the struggles of the side. That's happened in this country. There's so many places you go in the hood where it used to be run by drug dealers and whatnot, and the Muslims come, come in and now there's safety over there. Harvey is not the same Harvey it was before Muslims went and lived there. Look in Brooklyn, uh, uh, Imam Siraj's uh, uh, masjid. They used to they used to pack heat on the way to on the way to the masjid. There would be gunfights just to get out of the masjid. They would open the door and the drug dealers would fire at them because you know Muslims are going to try to dislodge them from there. And so they would like basically like they would like have gunfights just to get in and out of the masjid. The cops wouldn't go to that go to that neighborhood. Now it's like one of the most vibrant. It's like a complete like commercial corridor, and it's not like only Muslims live there. Muslims are a minority, or the masjid is very prominent because it was built out when nobody wanted to live there. But the shops are all owned by all sorts of different types of people. Everybody benefits from it. Everybody benefits from it. Uh, uh, you know, so I'm not telling you to get into gunfights with people. Please don't get into gunfights with people. I'm just saying that what we should be prepared. There's no shame in it. The kind of ajib, like irrational fear that people have about that, they should just get over it now. And, uh, uh, you know, learn how to use these things. Don't just be a gung-ho trigger happy, like, I'm next Jummah, I'm going to draw on somebody or what. No, if you're that kind of person, please don't do, please don't do any of this. But if you're, if you're a person responsible, go learn how to use it. You know, take classes, spend money on, like, practice ammunition, practice rounds. You know, see what, you know, what, what works for you or whatever. Uh, go uh, do target practice and things like that. Um, with, the, with, the, with the prayer that, inshallah, I never have to use this, but if I do, then... Uh, you know that may Allah Ta'ala use me uh, 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 in order to protect the Ummah and to protect his creation from the zulm of the Valimin so that people can again look at the, this Ummah and place, place their hopes in this Ummah Muslims and non-Muslims they place their hopes in the Ummah that as long as these people are around zulm is, there's a limit to how much zulm can affect them Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim Babu Fadli Yawm al-Jumu'ati wa wujubiha وَالْإِخْلِصَالِ لَهَا وَالتَّطَيُّبِ وَالتَّبْكِيرِ لَهَا وَالدُّعَاءِ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ وَالصَّلَاةِ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ وَفِيهِ بَيَانُ سَعَةِ الْإِجَابَةِ وَاسْتِحْبَابِ إِكْثَارِ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى بَعْدَ الْجُمْعَةِ There's a long chapter title. It's a chapter regarding the virtues of the day, the Friday and the uh, obligations a Friday, and the 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 ghusl uh, uh, on Friday, and wearing or uh, applying uh, perfume on Friday, and going early to the masjid on Friday, and uh, making du'a on on Friday, and making uh, sending peace and blessings on the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam on Friday, and uh, the explanation of what the what the hour of prayer is being answered is and the recommendation of making plentiful uh, remembrance of Allah after the salat uh, on Friday so in 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 jahiliyah the name of jumuah wasn't jumuah jumuah was uh, called jumuah by the uh, by the muslims and by uh, Allah and his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh, 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 <coughs> It means it, it, there's a meaning of kathra in it, jumuah, uh, 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 and one of the lugat is also jumaa, with a fatha on the meme, and it's uh, has the meaning of ijtima' nas or kathratun nas, 
like al-hamz wal lamz al-humaza wal lumaza they also follow the same wazan so the name of Jumu'ah in, in, in Jahiliyyah was something different. In fact, all the names of the week were different in Jahiliyyah. The names of, uh, in, in, in Jahiliyyah, the names of the week, Sunday was Al-Awwalu, and Monday was Al-Ahwanu, and uh, 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 the uh, uh, name of Tuesday was Dabbar, Wednesday Jabbar, uh, Thursday Mu'nis, and Friday was Aruba. And uh, Saturday was Shabbar. And uh, then they changed to the, the numbered days that we have now. Uh, and Jumu'ah was then called Jumu'ah. But you'll see in like Jahili poetry, you'll see the old days of the names used sometimes in order to fit the wazan because they have different numbers of syllables or whatever. But uh, 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 the, the virtues of, uh, of Friday. Allah Most High said, uh, once the prayer is completed, then spread out in the, in the earth and seek the from the bounties of Allah and remember Allah Ta'ala uh, 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 plentifully. Uh, 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 perchance that you may be people of success and people of happiness. So this fantashiru fil ard, there's a difference of opinion. Is it for istihbab or is it for jawaz? The waj for jawaz is what is because there was uh, there was uh, tahdir from before that 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 that, uh, uh, that the 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 Jumu'ah while it's going on that you shouldn't do anything else. You, know, you should leave. Uh, 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 leave your leave your uh, business and transactions, etc., etc. Then afterward, the 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 Sigatul Amr, according to that interpretation, is for Jawaz. It means it's permissible to leave the masjid, whereas it's also a uh, uh, it's also a a uh, call uh, that uh, uh, um, that. Uh, that it's for istihbab, that it's recommended that a person leave after Jumu'ah and then go, go about the rest of the business, that they don't turn it into a Sabbath and just take rest on that day. And so in like Mauritania, once the Salam is done in Jumu'ah, like within 90 seconds, the whole masjid is empty. Whereas in Pakistan, mashallah, that's when the Taravi starts, mashallah. Uh, it's, you'll, you'll be pinned and you'll be hemmed in. You may, you're going to be there for another 15, 20 minutes at least, so, uh, uh, which is wonderful as well. And so the Ibn uh, Ibn Alani says, "One by the Salafi, man ba'a wa shtara ba'd al Jumu'ati barak Allahu lahu sabi'ina marra." That uh, some of our aslaf they re- they they reported their experience that when you whoever uh, conducts business after Jumu'ah, uh, then uh, they experience that Allah Taala will put baraka like seventy times the baraka in in in, in that transaction. Right? Allah Taala says that 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 uh, uh, once the salat is done. Then, then go out into the earth and seek uh, Allah's uh, fadl, uh, uh, meaning go and trade and do all the things, get take care of your stuff that you need to take care of, and remember Allah Taala plentifully. Uh, uh, perchance you may be uh, happy and successful. One said, "Nabi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam khairu yomin talaat alayhi shamsu yom al Jumaati fihi khulqa Adamu fihi udkhil al Jannata wa fihi ukhrij minha rawahu Muslim." Uh, Sayyidina Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said the best day that the sun has risen over is Jumu'ah 
in it, Sayyidina Adam alayhi salam was created, and in it he he entered into Jannah. And on it he he uh, uh, he 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 was uh, uh, extracted from Jannah. So there's some dis dis disagreement about the this hadith that is Sayyidina Adam being removed from Jannah is it a fadila? Uh, some some of the ulama say no, but it's just mentioned because it also happened on that day. But some of them say yes, it is. Why? Because we we don't see it as something that's Adam alayhisam's fault. Rather, it's something that had to happen because of the divine predestination. And if it wasn't for it, then there would be no occasion for the rest of mankind to exist. There would be no occasion for the rest of uh, for the rest of uh, 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 the prophets to exist. For the awliya, for the salihin, for the people of dhikr, for the mujahideen, fi sabilillah, shuhada, all of these people. And their existence is the reason the universe is, is, is there. If one believer, you know, if there's like a hundred kafirs there just in order for the existence of one believer to have relevance, then that makes all of their existence have a reason. So this is a very deep, uh, this is a very deep understanding. And uh, it's a very mature understanding. Right? It's very immature, like this, like, oh man, if Sayyidina Adam didn't get kicked out, then we wouldn't have been in so much trouble. Well, you would, not only would you not have been in so much trouble, you wouldn't have been, period. And, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's, like, it's like one of those types of weird things to say, like, oh, if God exists, how come he lets babies die of, like, cancer? And it's like, well, A, that doesn't have anything to do with God existing or not. But B, it's a very immature understanding. Baby will go to Jannah forever. Baby is going to be in Jannah. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, I wish I was in Lombard for another 40 years, right? Or Naperville for that matter. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, the person who thinks with Basira or sees with Basira, uh, that person, you know, with vision, not just like, like eyesight, but like actual vision with clarity, that person sees all of these things. Adam it was predestined, it wasn't even his fault, it was gonna it had to happen some way or another. And uh, uh, look so much khair come from it came from it. Uh, you all have an opportunity to read Riyadh Salihin and then Allah will be pleased with you and you'll be forgiven and you'll be like his awliya and then you'll make dua for people and then they'll be like, mashallah, that was wonderful. Right? That's this good. This fatibu biha nafsan should be happy about that. So this before we continue the next hadith. There's another narration of the same hadith that's mentioned in uh, it's mentioned uh, in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad and in Tirmidhi, in which these three things are named, and also along with it is also the Yom Qiyamah. The Yom Qiyamah will also be on a Friday. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ تَوَضَّعَ فَأَحْسَنَ الْوُضُوءَ ثُمَّ أَتَى الْجُمُعَةَ فَاسْتَمَعَ وَأَنْصَطَ غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ الْجُمُعَةِ وَزِيَادَةُ ثَلَاثَةِ أَيَّامٍ وَمَنْ مَسَّ الْحَصَى فَقَدْ لَغَى رواه مسلم Sayyidina Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه narrates from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said whoever makes wudu and makes a good wudu uh, perfects their wudu and then they come to Jumu'ah. Meaning what? Do your wudu from home. Or if you're not at home, if you come from school or work, wherever it is, do your wudu before you come to come to the masjid. There's more reward in it. Okay, if you did it, then you can do it at the masjid too. Right? If you do it at Rabat, there's going to be a line seven people, you're going to miss your prayer. If it's Maghrib, Mohisab's not going to wait for you. The other ones, uh, maybe. 
right? Maybe like if it's Isha or whatever, like a, someone will stretch out, say, ah, they'll read like half a Sephara in the first Raka'ah or whatever, right? But like, uh, uh, um, you're, you're going to miss it. It's the Sunnah to do it from before you come, inshallah. Uh, there's more reward in that. So, so he emphasizes this for Jumu'ah also. Whoever makes wudu and then makes his wudu good, you know, he ma- makes it well, I should say. Uh, makes it in a beautiful way. He makes ihsan in it. Um, he perfects it. Then uh, come, comes to Jumu'ah. And then they, he's listen, he listens and he's silent. Istima' and insat means what? Istima' means to listen and sat means to be quiet. People are like, oh, can I take notes during Jumu'ah? No, you cannot take notes during Jumu'ah. But like, then that's the only way I'll remember. I say, look, take the if your phone if you really, really need to, like if it's some sort of like mind-blowing, like Imam Ghazali is giving khutbah or whatever, take your phone and record it. Hit the record button before the adhan starts and then record the, re- record the khutbah and, uh, 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 you know, turn the recorder off after the salat is over. And then, and then, like, you know, you can take notes at home. But you cannot take notes during the khutbah. And you cannot be typing stuff up on your phone during the khutbah. And you cannot be live tweeting before the khutbah. But, Sheikh, the people will benefit from it. Yes, the, the people will also benefit from you, I don't know, giving a million dollars instead of, like, praying five times a day. But that doesn't mean that you don't pray five times a day. This is the time, this is what Allah wants from you. He doesn't want the million dollars from you. He wants you to pray Jumu'ah at this time and listen to the khutbah, right? That you should make istima'an and sat. You should listen and you should be quiet. Uh, if you you know if he wants a million dollars he'll ask for it and if he needs a million dollars he'll make it he doesn't need you for it uh, so don't know no no notes during Jumu'ah so the thing is we're in like Ribat right now and so I'm just saying it like it is so people get the memo you know what I mean if you're in the masjid what if it's the khutbah and someone else is typing something up on the phone right you can't say anything to them because you also have to be quiet and listen to the khutbah just ignore them if afterward uh, uh, they'll listen to you. Then you can, after salat, if you get a chance, you can remind them. You know, you you know, officially this is actually haram to whatever you're destroying the reward of your own juma by doing this. But most people are like snowflake to the max, suffering from chronic like stage seven snowflakeiosis and uh, terminal uh, case of like you know whatever snowflakeilia. And that's it. It's done. So just be like, just make du'a and Allah help the ummah and like move on, you know. But because you're here, that's why. That's why I'm saying it. Otherwise, don't go around people and be like, "It's wrong. What are you doing, man?" Yeah, comes to act like that. Like, don't know. Don't do that. This is like a wholesale experience. I'm just telling you the hukum right now. Then use your mind. How are you gonna be able to convey that information to the ummah in a way that benefits people rather than bothers them or alienates them or whatever else? Uh, um, so, so. That that person listens and that person is quiet. Uh, Allah Ta'ala, if He does that, though all those things, make the wudu, does it well, comes to Jumu'ah, listens to the entire khutbah, and is quiet for the entire khutbah, Allah Ta'ala will forgive for that person what's between that Friday and the next Friday and three extra days. That's the kafara for all of your sins in those times. The ulama always gives the standard disclaimer here that this is the minor sins, the major sins, the only way that they're forgiven is through Tawbah. But, uh, 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 the, you know, there's a secret. This affects all of those things. There's like a, a, a secret in it that it also makes your Tawbah more palatable uh, and more more acceptable. Uh, thus, a person should 
a person should uh, uh, look forward to that forgiveness. And it's three days more. So if a person prays Jummah all the time, then they'll be in the positive. The ulama write about what if someone doesn't commit a sin between one Jummah or the other? Is it just a waste of time to go? They say, no, that, that the amount of sin that would have been forgiven, that much reward is written for the person. So at any rate, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a win. It's, it's a win. It's not a fail. So a person should do it. وَمَنْ مَسَلْ حَصَى فَقَدْ لَغَى The one who is playing, playing around with the rocks, that person has, has, has not done insat. That person has not done istima insat. That person is not listening and they're not staying quiet. What, what does it mean playing around with the rocks? Huh? In the, in the old days, the, the masjids didn't have carpets. They used to just pray in the desert. So there's rocks in the sand, right? So imagine you're listening to the, you're listening to the khutbah and you're just playing around with the rocks with your fingers. Rasulullah said, even that much distraction means you're not listening. Are you listening? Right? So do we have rocks over here? So what's the equal equivalent here about of playing in the rocks? Like running your fingers through the carpet, right? So that's why it's not a good job, it's not a good thing to do, right? Right? You get it? Okay. This includes this includes if the what if the khatib is like saying some crazy stuff, right? As long as the crazy stuff ain't like kufr or invalidating the khutbah somehow. This includes that. You think, man, the Sahaba radiallahu anhu used to, used to have to listen to like Hajjaj bin Yusuf and Marwan bin Hakam bang on for hours. Hajjaj, his khutbah wouldn't end until Asr is already in. And he was already a Hafiz of Quran anyway. Imagine like Gaddafi, they say Gaddafi, Gaddafi was a Hafiz. Would have been nice if he like, you know, did a little bit better job porting the hifs into like practical application. Uh, uh, so Gaddafi was a hafiz. They say he would do weird stuff like that. He'd come show up and he would give like a really like super long khutbah, and then he would read Surah uh, Surat Al-Baqarah in the first uh, rakah and Surah Al Imran in the second one, and it'd be like super long salat, right? His Jummah, you don't do it for for the Imam, you do it for who? For Allah. Even in the old days, like you have to make insat even if if the Imam is so far away, because in the old days they didn't use to have microphones and speakers, right? So you still have to make insat even if you can't hear the khutbah. <laughs> in many cases, not being able to hear the khutbah is actually quite a mercy. <laughs> now, this is at this point I want to submit for your consideration that the 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 ulama and mashaykh of the subcontinent that have this khutbah bayan system where they like do a very short Arabic khutbah. It's a hadith of Bukhari that the the understanding of the khatib is that he should make the salat long and the khutbah short. So this follows that sunnah as well, and it also spares people. From having to be irritated from substandard khutbas. And you know, human beings are different types. Arwahu junudum mujannada ma ta'arafat minha talaf wa ma tanakarat minha khtalaf. Someone's gonna be annoyed by somebody. So let's just all try to get along and have a very short khutbah. And then if you know they don't if they're they're not feeling your your bayan or whatever, you know, you you you, you go easy on them. Wallahu alam, Allah knows best. And there are people like, well, people don't understand Arabic. Well, the ban is in the local language. They'll understand that. But uh, uh, Allah knows best. That's fine if other people don't do that system. I'm not going to get up on them and like start yelling and screaming. I'm just saying that some people, I think, irrationally like shout this down. I don't think it's that bad. I think there's a, there's a lot of wisdom in it. And Allah knows best. Interestingly enough, I mentioned this before, Murabit al-Hajj. 
I asked him, I said, I said, in America, they give the, the khutbah in English, not in Arabic, because they say nobody understands Arabic. Is this good? Should we do that? He's like, he's like, why don't you just have a short khutbah in Arabic and then like just give a talk before that separately in English? And I'm like, that's what they do. That's what like, that's what the Hanafis do. They're, he's like, yeah, that's good. You should do that. So don't say it's a Desi thing. وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ عَنَ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ قَالَ الصَّلَوَاتُ الْخَمْسُ وَالْجُمْعَةُ إِلَى الْجُمْعَةِ وَرَمَضَانُ إِلَى رَمَضَانَ مُكَفِّرَاتٌ مَا مِنْهُنَّ مَا بَيْنَهُنَّ عَفْوًا إِذَا جُنِبَتِ الْكَبَائِرُ رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمْ So the Prophet also narrates from Sayyidina Abu Hurairah also narrates from the Rasul that he said that the five prayers from one salat to the next. You know, a person is like wondering, okay, when are we going to pray Isha? Once they're praying Isha, then they're like, when are we going to pray Fajr? From one salat to the next, it's an expiation for sin. And then from one Jummah to the next is an expiation for sin. Uh, and then from one Ramadan to the next, from one year to the next, it's an expiation for sin. And this is this is a, 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 this is a great blessing and it's a great uh, glad tiding. And from the siyaq of the hadith, it seems that what? That the expiation is greater. Like the expiation between from salat to salat is like of a certain amount. And then like it's like bigger from Jummah to Jummah. And then it's bigger from Ramadan to Ramadan. And then there's also a person can uh, a person can like extrapolate from there that what's after what's after Ramadan to Ramadan on the docket. Hajj. Yeah. وعنه وعن ابن عمر رضي الله عنه وعنهما أنهما سمعا رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم على أعواد من بريه لا ينتهن لا ينتهي لا ينتهين أقوام عن ودعهم الجمعات أو لا يختمن ولا يختمن الله على قلوبهم ثم لا يكون لا يكونن عفوا من الغافلين Rawahu Muslim, Sayyidina uh, Abu Huraira and Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar both of them narrate that they heard or that they heard that from the Messenger of Allah when he was standing on his own pulpit, when he was standing on his own mimbar, say that, uh, 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 that, that, that certain aqwam, certain people, groups of people who are not taking Jummah seriously, they need to stop missing Jummah. They need to stop missing Jummah. Otherwise, Allah Ta'ala will place a seal on their hearts and then afterward they're, they're, they'll enter the state of ghafla, they'll enter the state of being from the ghafilin, which is in the Quranic terminology, it's the opposite of being from the people of dhikr, from the people of, from the people of God's remembrance. Right? وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَذَرُّعًا وَخِيفَةً وَدُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ بِالْغُدُوِ وَالْعَصَالِ وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ عَفْوًا وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ That remember your Lord inside of your very being تَذَرُّعًا وَخِيفَةً Humility and fear وَدُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ And in a way that's so subtle that it's even more subtle than, 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 than speech uh, and uh, 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 by day and by night 
and don't ever be from the ghafirin, don't ever be from the heedless. So this ayah indicates that what the 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 the, the, the hal of ghafla is like the opposite of of dhikr of, of remembering Allah Taala. That's the punishment for missing Jumu'at, that for missing for missing Jumu'ah after Jumu'ah. And there are a lot of people who you know, oh I got work, I got school, I got this and that. I know a brother who actually stopped talking to me because I told him that he couldn't miss Jumu'ah just because of uh, medical school. I mean, Allah forgive us all and give us all hidayah, but what are you going to do, you know? Uh, Alhamdulillah, we live in a country where, where, uh, uh, where we live in a country where there are legal accommodations for these, albeit sometimes they're very uphill. Um, but, you know, everyone will, you know, make their choice what they make and they have their reasons for making their choice and then they're going to have to ab abide by them one day. And I've made my choice and I'm happy with it and I pray that other people's choices work out for them. وعن سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال إذا جاء أحدكم الجمعة فليتصل متفق عليه سيدنا عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله عنهما he said that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said when uh, uh, one of you uh, the day of Jumu'ah uh, if one of you comes to the day of Jumu'ah or comes to the Jumu'ah prayer I should say let them let them uh, 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 um, take the ritual bath وعن أبي سعيد الخضري رضي الله تعالى عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال غسل الجمعة واجب على كل محتلم متفق عليه والمراد بالمحتلم البالغ والمراد بالوجوب وجوب اختيار كقول الرجل لصاحبه حقك واجب علي والله أعلم أبو سعيد الخضري رضي الله تعالى عنه نريت that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم said the ghusl on the day of Jumu'ah is necessary uh, on every on every uh, uh, on every adult uh, on every uh, adult everyone who's adult according to Sharia not turned eighteen but like everyone who's hit the age of puberty. So the the hadith says use the word wajib, and the word wajib has a technical meaning in the fiqh, and because of this, some of the I guess some of the some faqih somewhere or another has said that 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 you know that you you have to take a bath on Jumu'ah. But I think the majority of the fuqaha and the fuqaha of the madahib, at least the ones that I know, they, the, 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 the Hanafi Shafi Maliki say it's not an obligation. Like if you don't take a shower on Jumu'ah, it's not a sin. But it's just really, really emphasized. And one of the reasons for the emphasis of it, and perhaps one of the reasons that it may be wajib on certain people, is that in Medina Munawwara, like they would work their fields. They would be like blacksmiths. And like, they, you know, they would work hard during the day and it's already hot. And then... The masjid is a space where people are crammed really tight together, right? It's funny. Churches are huge. Some of these cathedral churches are huge, they, but there's nobody in there. They're all sitting in pews and on benches, and those used to be filled at one time. Even they're like empty now. And the way that this spaced out, there's like the same space doesn't really contain all that many people. Whereas in the masjid, you have a lot of people crammed in. You know, you have bichara. You need the masajid to have like the fire. The fire department will make them put the fire occupancy and you're like, you snicker. This is like Salatul Maghrib has more people than this, right? And what about Jumu'ah? So everyone's crammed in. And so what happened is that it would smell. It would start, it would start to become like overwhelming, right? And so this is one of the reasons for the, the ghusl on Jumu'ah is what? That people should not smell when they come to the, the masjid. Why? Because if someone smells bad, you're smelling their body odor, then it kind of takes away from the spirituality of the whole 
of the whole scene. So it may be, it may be uh, 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 what you call, it may be wajib on the person who's actually exuding such an odor that they're going to bother people. Problem is, if you're that guy, you usually can't smell it because you already became used to it, right? <laughs> so everyone should just, everyone should just wash up for for Jumu'ah. Because there's a difference of opinion amongst the fuqah is that is the ghusl Jumu'ah is it out of honor of the day. In that case, even if Jumu'ah is not wajib on you, still sunnah to to, to uh, make the ghusl, or is it for is it for in preparation of coming to the masjid? And so uh, the the what I said was in, uh, according to the, the latter the latter opinion. وَأَنْ سَمُورَةَ قَالَ قَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ تَوَضَّعَ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةِ فَبِهَا فَبِهَا وَنَعَ وَنَعِمَتُ نِعْمَتُ What do you have in your nuskha? نِعْمَتُ مَنْ تَوَضَّعَ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةَ فَبِهَا وَنِعْمَتُ وَمَنْ اِغْتَصَلَ Okay وَمَنْ اِغْتَصَلَ فَالْغُسْلُ أَفْضَلُ رواه أبو داود والترمذي وقا حديث حسن that the Sayyidina Samura radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, 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 narrates that uh, uh, whoever makes wudu for Jumu'ah, then that's enough for him and that's good. When ni'mat, right? Uh, uh, like, like, but like, it's a similar expression, I guess. That that the person who makes wudu for Jumu'ah, then that's enough for him and it's good. It's great. Uh, and uh, uh, whoever makes uh, whistle, uh, uh, um, then for that person, know that whistle is. M- there's more virtue in it. There's more blessing in it. وعن سيدنا سلمان رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لا يغتسل رجل يوم الجمعة ويتطهر ما استطاع من طهر ويدهن من دهنه أو يمس من طيب من طيب أفن بيته ثم يخرج فلا يقرق بين اثنين ثم يصلي ما كتب له ثم ينسط إذا تكلم الإمام إلا غفر الله ما بينه وما بين الجمعة الأخرى. and this يقرق is a typo it's يفرق ولا يفرق. so we have very what are you going to do? Khair, it's yufarriqo. It just dawned on me, it's yufarriqo. Sayyidina Salman al-Farsi radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, a person is uh, 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 not, a man is not going to uh, make ghusl on the day of Jumu'ah uh, and then clean himself as much as he's able to uh, clean himself and then oil himself or, or uh, 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 perfume himself from the perfume of his uh, house uh, uh, and then go out uh, to Jumu'ah and then but not cutting the lines or not like shoving himself into this like small gap between two people. Uh, 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 and then afterward, the person doesn't pray except for uh, 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 pray what Allah Ta'ala has written for them to pray uh, and, and is not uh, meaning like the sunnahs before Jumu'ah. And then the person, is, uh, and the person will not listen to uh, 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 the imam when he starts speaking except for 
uh, he will be forgiven uh, uh, the, the minor sins between him and between the next Jumu'ah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq wa sallallahu wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.